Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Misfits of Cinema podcast. I'm your host, Danny Newton, joined as always by my co-host, Derek Rios. Hi. <laughs> How you doing, Danny? I'm doing pretty well. We're going to break down probably one of the best series I've watched in years today. We're going to do the first three episodes of Arcane. This was a it was a nice surprise. Yeah. This is probably one of the best shows I think I've ever watched. It's right up there. I can't think of any animation that has done this well. Of course, this is based off of the League of Legends MOBA video game. There's a lot of lore, but most of it just comes from character bios. A lot of the lore changes over time as they retcon stuff. Yeah. But there is a bunch of lore there, and it was just really surprising how good the show was. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's a living, breathing world. It feels very lived in. All the characters are pretty great. There's not a single character in here that I dislike. I I I even like the bad guys in it. Yeah, they they do a really good job fleshing out all the characters, mm-hmm. the bad guys and everything. Um, it's it's very much a very it's a human story. And of course, we're going to be talking about Act One today, which is episodes one through three. Mm-hmm. It's in three acts, and all the acts kind of well. This first one really sets up the story arc. Yes, it's a wonderful arc. So a little bit of backstory for the lore is this is the Legends of Runeterra. Okay. Is what it's based off of is this planet effectively called Runeterra. Okay. And there's a there's a few different regions, but this story takes place only in Piltover. All right. Which is this a steampunk technology level city. Yeah. That has this undercity, which is you have the slum, or they call it the lanes. Yeah, the lanes. They well, some people they call it the valley. I think too, or something like that. Yeah, there's a couple of different. But it's yeah, it's the undercity. It's very reminiscent of any undercity you've seen like this in video games and stuff like that, where you know you get the rich people to live up top, mm-hmm. and then just the lower castes. Yep. Right. These are basically just like the grunt laborers and slaves and stuff like that. You know where they go back to. Of course. They feel outcast, yes. and they pretty much kind of are, are their own nation, eventually becoming the nation of Zon. Essentially, they reap no benefits of the upper city. Yes. Right? They are their, their worker slave caste, but they reap zero benefits. All their homes are just completely sludged and polluted to the point that they all have breathing disorders and stuff like that. The upper residents to even come down into the slums have to wear breathing apparatuses or they just can't handle it. Yeah. So it's a pretty noxious place. Which, uh, Noxus is actually a different region though. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there's, there's toxins and pollutions in there that, uh, Piltover doesn't actually have to deal with. Right. But, uh, eventually they do become sovereign nation of Zon. So you have these pretty much this upper and lower class. Yes. Battling. Ceasing to maintain. Yeah, this this opens with a essentially the end results of a civil war. Yes, right. Where our our two leads, their parents were killed mm-hmm. in this civil war, following Vander and his crew. Yep. And it doesn't tell us exactly what they were fighting over. I'm sure that they were fighting over their own independence and freedom. 
mm-hmm. just like um, Silco keeps going after. Yeah. So Silco is, as we're introduced, is just he just has a vision that he wants to liberate the Undercity into right. and, and be a sovereign nation of Zon. Mm-hmm. And Vander was kind of his mentor. Vander saw that the path he was going down was pretty much leading him straight to where he already was in the Civil War. And he watched all, all of these people die, including uh, Jinx and Vi's parents. Yeah. Well, Powder. Powder, who becomes Jinx. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he takes them in. Right. And he becomes like their surrogate father. Yeah. And it seems like it's not just them, though. No. It seems like there's a lot of kids in this that are war orphans. Yes. Well, that are taken in by Vander and by actually other people in this place. He he takes in, he has Clagger and Milo, too. Yes. Yeah, so he has the four of them. Of course, you see Echo is the, the, the younger kid out of them, yeah. too. Which he's, I guess he's about uh, Powder's age. I would think so. He's a he's a mechanic. He's a builder. He's an inventor. Well, it's, it's weird to say that because even it seems like even the most average person has the ability to has some tinkering in them. Yeah, a mechanical ability. Yeah, it's just kind of a part of life. It's kind of like now us with computers, right? Like your average kid is going to pretty much know how to build a computer, set them up, and right. work on them. But the way they handle the tinkering and building in this, they take it to the video game level or the RPG level, mm-hmm. right? If you have like an alchemist in, in Pathfinder or D&D, the stuff that they do with their equipment is like the inherent stuff that you would think that your alchemist does, like to quick brew a potion or a bomb or something like that to throw, right? Yeah. That's the way they treat their technology and equipment here. They just kind of go off to the side and just like quick brew this thing up and then just use it as a weapon. That's... Like Powder does with her little improv bombs. Well, in the game, she she sets traps. Right. She literally puts nails in a grenade yeah. and tries to kill people with it. They just don't work. No. Yeah, that's, <laughs> she, she tries. She's a tinker. She she likes to make little bombs. But up until the end of the, uh, the act, they yes. don't work. <laughs> um, This opens with the, the aftermath of their civil war. And then it immediately goes into the four kids. Mm-hmm trying to basically rob a penthouse in the upper city. Which turns out to be Chase's house. Yeah. They're showing you, like, landscape. The landscape is absolutely beautiful. The costume designs and stuff on the kids is great. The designs of the houses, the balconies, the rooftops, the fucking people down the street. Yeah, the so it's the animation style is... Excellent. It's a turnoff for some people at first, and I, it was a little weird. But once you get into it, it, it just looks great. It looks very so painted to you, me. You, that's that's what they went for. So yeah. it has everything is 3D modeling, mm-hmm. but all the visual effects are like 2D. So it gives you this painting, yeah, scene like like everything's painted, which it took you know it takes a little yeah. more work, but it just it, it paid off. The colors are bright; they mm-hmm. all pop. Even the stuff in the Undercity is full of neons and just yeah. it's so beautiful. This whole series is just so beautiful. Yeah, they did a great job. Mm-hmm. And the scores. Yeah. The, and the songs is great. You got even the opening. You got Imagine Dragons. Yeah. The Enemy. Um, which that song, awesome. It's great. And this is not the first time that Imagine Dragons has actually made a song. Four or five years ago, they actually made a song for, uh, it was called uh, Rise. Was yeah. The debut and they used it for the, the championship. 
Okay. So it's not the first time the Imagine Dragons have made a song for League of Legends, effectively. Which, their stuff on this sounded really good. Yeah. They they actually have a cameo in the next act, too. They just put their little character models in there, which... Did they? Yeah. I it, didn't realize that. Yeah, in the next act, I think in the very first episode of... Uh, I think it's episode four. They're just going through the slums, and you see, like, four guys sitting there playing... Like in a band. Oh, is that them? Yeah, that, that, that's the, the their models. Yeah, the oh, characters. Oh, that's really cool. Models. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of backstory on Arcane. So Piltover is pretty much outlawed magic. That's yeah. where they found it. I, I get the sense that magic has obliterated this world once. Yeah. So uh, you see, um, Heimerdinger fears magic, and he says that oh, it, it's destroyed. Uh, he's seen it destroyed cities and nations. Yes. And it, it is power. It's, up until now, the only form of magic has been through people that were born with the ability to wield it. These crystals that he finds and Jace develops in the Hextech cores where he, uh, he harnesses the power of magic as yes. pretty much the little nuclear reactors. There's a race called the, the Brackern, which in the game, there's only one character that represents them is Scarum. Okay. And he's like this big crystal, crystallian scorpion. This race was crystal-like beings that would live on forever. They're pretty much immortal. Whenever they would die, any new youngling would take up and absorb their crystal. Okay. And these crystals are actually their souls and their memories. or All their memories and everything from all their lineage is in, this, in these crystals. And that's where they get their power. Some of the, I think it was the Noxious Empire goes and obliterates them. This, this race. And there's just, so now there's just crystals that are in different areas of the world. Yes. That they don't realize this. You kind of see later on that they have some type of living property. They're alive, right? Yes. That's where they come from. Okay. And, uh, that's where like the magic in this world is harnessed from. See, I, I was toying around with the idea in my head that this, the way they handle magic in this, through these crystals, it's very Final Fantasy. These crystals are magic with form. It's a lot of stuff that I've seen before, but it's just like a very different take on how it's used. I like that he's trying to build machines in order to harness these things. He still needs like their activation runes and stuff like that to make them work properly. I don't know what this machine is that he has got going on his desk. When him and Victor are like, oh, yeah, we'll just use the resonance frequency to make it harmonize or whatever, mm-hmm. right? I'm just like, I don't think the city has electricity. Why does this work? But then I stopped thinking about why does this work because it's fucking magic. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you got to think of it as a power source. Yeah. This is it's it's powering Tony Stark's arc reactor. It, it is an arc plugging reactor. into this. Yeah, thing. effectively. That's that's what I was trying to get through my head yeah. is that no there is no power everything it is, is the power source. steampunk effectively yes. everything most of most of the stuff is mechanical of course the little machine is just him trying to figure out how to pretty much resonate this crystal yeah to get it to work but these things are fucking dangerous as all get out they are powder comes across these crystals yes a, a few of them she drops one yeah naturally. and it just explodes and almost levels the building. Yeah, it takes the side out of the building. Yeah, and this drives the whole arc, this explosion, and getting chased by guards. They call them um, enforcers. 
down back into the Undercity. They want someone to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And it starts to brew up the Civil War again. And it almost leads to it. So then you have all these enforcers kind of going around harassing the Undercity and looking for these kids. Then we get uh, introduced to Silco. And you see this power struggle, effectively, over the, the Undercity. Vander, who is pretty much running the Undercity for the most part, but he's he's been a peacekeeper. Yeah. He, he's brokered a treaty with uh, the, the lead enforcer, Grayson. Vander runs the Undercity because everybody respects him. That's the reason he's basically, you know, the shot caller. Whatever Vander says is what goes. Silco wants to take that power from him, and that's... Silco wants to do it by means of essentially mutagen. He's created a new weapon. So he doesn't create it. He actually has Singe yes. create it. This, uh, it's this, this chemical called Shimmer, which mm-hmm. is it's made from these purple glowy plants that only grow in Zon. Right. And, and the Undercity in the caves down there. This mutagen has, uh, of course, it's not perfected yet, but it has the power to accelerate healing. If you take a bunch of it at once, pretty much you, you grow into a monster and it gives you superhuman physical traits like super speed, uh, dexterity, uh, strength and durability. A lot of what's going on with Vander and Silco is the exact same thing that was with what's going on with uh, Finn and Grayson, where Grayson and Vander keep the balance and keep everything safe and calm. Silco and Finn, I don't know. I don't think team up is the right word. He pays them off to um to get her down there. Yeah, he pays them off to get him down there so he can kill Grayson and Vander at the same time. Yeah, well, but he has to kill Vander more quietly because the Undercity would turn the on. Undercity will turn on him, and he doesn't want the Undercity to turn on him. He wants he basically wants to sit on Vander's throne. So he he captures Vander. He takes him back to his place, but he needs the kids, too. Yeah. Everybody yeah. that knows has to disappear. Yeah, he, uh, he kills Benzo. He um, kills Benzo. Poor which Benzo. Which is pretty much like a, a shop owner down there. Mm-hmm. It's Echo's dad. Well. Essentially. Well, yeah. Yeah. Effectively. We get a bunch of these interactions between the, the kids and Vander. Some of the people think that Vander's becoming weak. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't want to go to war. Because last time he had a watch. Well, that's Vi's whole thing. Yeah. The arrogance of youth mm-hmm. makes her think that they would actually have a chance yeah. of overthrowing Piltover. And Vander's like, we've we fucking tried that. He's been down this. <laughs> he's watched probably most of his friends die right. for this cause. And then he had to pick it's up just the rubble and rebuild. Yeah. yeah. So Silco lures the kids to a trap. Into a trap. And uh, we see that uh, Vi is pretty skillful. In hand-to-hand combat. She's a fighter. She's a scrapper. That's what she's done her whole life. Yeah. She has these metal... Yeah, they're Vander's gauntlets. Gauntlets, Mm -hmm. yeah. She she just beats the shit out of all these guys. Yeah, pretty much. Which, you know, we've seen her fighting prowess along the way. She beat up, like, the kids in the alleyway. Yeah. That were trying to jack them for what they stole from the upper city. Mm -hmm. We saw her fighting with the, uh, the battle bot or whatever in the arcade. There's a little um, arcade game, right? Uh, high score and stuff like that. And, and we've actually seen, well, I mean, not actual full-on like fights or nothing with the guards, but we've seen them evade the guards and stuff like that. She's had some uh, some build-up to be a good fighter. And where Powder is 
she's an AD carry. She's a shooter, right? And you see yes. her skills with uh, the little pop gun game. They leave Powder behind. They leave Powder behind because she's not really ready for this kind of thing. Well, after when they get jumped, she loses their score. Yeah. But she keeps the crystals, of course. But, yeah, she loses the, the bag of loot. The other boys, uh, of course, Vi's her sister, so she always looks up yeah. to her. And she tries to bring her along and wants her to grow up, but she's still a little kid. Yeah. She's still pretty young. She has that little sister syndrome where she she's a little one. She wants to be included, though. But in this, Vi knows that they're going to go fight. Right. And she's like, you can't. You, you know, you're just going to be a hindrance. So they leave her behind. And then she realizes that they have these arcane orbs are explosive. She gets the idea like, oh, I can make a bomb and I'll, I'll try to help them. So they get stuck in this fight and pinned down in this room with uh, Vander. And she releases this little monkey. Yeah. And, it's a uh, it's a monkey with the symbol things. Yeah, on. the little clapping monkey symbol. And yeah. this thing is just slamming the shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this crystal. Yeah, <laughs> and it walks up and explodes. But yeah, it shows shows like all three different angles of this explosion, and it messes up Silco, blows up there his squad. Yeah, uh, it it doesn't really hurt Deckard, who's been mutated and is uh, on the shimmer, but it blows the door open and the roof falls in and it kills it kills clagger and milo clagger it sends milo. a fucking pole through milo yeah almost kills vi vander tries to fight back and loses the deckard to save vi he uses shimmer yeah mutates himself saves her and like jumps out the building and stuff of course this is the end and uh you see vi finds out that powder was yeah, the cause for, of this first she's like what the fuck are you doing here then powder was so excited like my one of my fucking bombs work mm -hmm. yeah i helped she thought yeah. she helped and in fact she murdered her friends and yeah vi's upset and leaves her and calls her jinx and walks off you see slaps her yeah slaps her and she's already on the edge of like this mental instability kind of already almost being insane and you know i'm sure watching her parents die and stuff and this other war Mm -hmm. It's had a toll on her. And then after this, she just kind of breaks down. And Silco is there to pick her up at the end of this act. Vi gets captured by the guard. Yeah, gets captured by Finn. And then, of course, on the other end, we have two little stories going on. And yeah. The other story is with Jace. Yeah, it's with Jace and Victor. Victor is Heimerdinger. Yeah, um, it's his protege. His Victor's little... from the slums as well. Yeah. He's a lowborn. And which we find out later that he's sick and dying, like most people in the slums. Yeah, but he's got a gimp walk to him. So we know Victor's from the game. He okay. becomes a cyborg later. Okay. I don't know this. I don't play the game. <laughs> so so Victor's one of the main characters of the game. Okay. And eventually he becomes a cyborg. Okay. He eventually gets like a metal claw you see later in the show. Yeah. But yeah, they pretty much perfect the Hextech core and harness its power. The Academy finds uh, all this stuff, illegal goods in Jace's yeah. apartment and pretty much bans him. Basically, Jace's thing is he is prideful to his own fault. He can't just shut up and bite his tongue. Well, he he he's, has he's easy to piss off. Yeah, but I'll, then again, he, he's a brilliant mind, mm -hmm. and he just he's an inventor, and he wants to he he is legitimately trying to help people. Yeah, yeah, and, he is, and he's he's overall a good person. 
It's like when they arrest him and Heimendinger's like, look, man, you just fucking don't say nothing. Definitely don't say nothing about magic. Don't fucking say nothing about magic. <laughs> and of course, they're just calling his research. Yeah, bunk. Yeah, worthless. Yeah. And he gets upset and like, no, it's revolutionary. I'm going to change the world. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, get out. <laughs> <laughs> but Mel's character. Yeah. Uh, you see. She's more interested in rising in power, effectively. Yeah. She's actually from uh, Noxus. Her mother is from Noxus. Okay. Which we find out later. Who's the robot? So. Why is, why, uh, more like why is the robot, I guess. Okay. (laughs) So I actually looked him up. He's another one of the races. Okay. Um, There's a few different races in this world. So you got humans, which most people are humans. Yes. And then you got Heimerdinger, which are Yordles, which are like spirits. Okay. And they can take forms of different animals, effectively. Then you have golems. Oh, okay. so Councilman Balbic is a, is the robot's name. Yeah, and he's effectively a golem. He says their race was pretty much almost destroyed by the arcane. And then you have the Vestea, which uh, you see a little bit in the Undercity, but you don't really you don't really see him until later in the the next couple acts. Is it the aliens that kind of look like cat people almost yeah. at the point of years? Yeah, well, they're not. They're not aliens, which I'll cover that in a second. But uh, so the Vesteas are pretty much animal-like beings. They're furries. Yeah. Unlike Yordles, which Yordles are just small and live forever and immortal, effectively. Yeah. Vesteas, uh, kind of like furries, but they're, they're just different animals, right? And yeah, like you see some later on. And they have like horns or cat ears and stuff like that. Uh, and then you have the Poros, which is more of like an animal. Heimerdinger keeps a little pet with him. That's a little Poro. Oh, okay. You have cyborgs, which are kind of created, which you see Victor eventually become a cyborg. And uh, we have, uh, hopefully we'll get next season, which that'll introduce this season, Singe's daughter, Oriana, is a cyborg. And then there's also Blitzcrank is a cyborg. And he's he's actually a big part. Eventually, he becomes a... and, and once Zion becomes a nation, he's like a, a cop that roams the streets. And then you have the the Brackern, which, we, you know, we don't know much about. Yeah. The first three episodes were really only hitting on a, a few characters, which I look at a lot of these characters as being the same thing going on. Whenever I took my notes, even, I took my notes as fine powder, almost like they're the same character. Mm-hmm. And I took my notes on Vander and Silco as almost the same character. Okay. And the same thing with uh, Grayson and Finn. Mm-hmm. They're, this, they're the same character. But the supporting cast around these people, there are so many characters in this show. And well, for a show with so many characters in it, it's not hard to understand them. There's so much stuff we watch that if they if they try to shove this many characters into a movie, it would it would suck. And a lot of shows, even, when they try to shove this many characters into it, they're just not good. Even Game of Thrones, one of the hardest things was just all the characters is really, it got really confusing early on. Right. But of course, they just killed them all off. But <laughs> <laughs> so Which, in this, you got to think some of that too. In the game, there's almost 150 characters. Yes. A lot of them, you know, are newer and come in later. But so we're, we're sticking to most of the original characters, like a lot of the core characters. Okay. This is just a small taste. And it really leaves it open for a lot of expansion. So as somebody who's not a gamer like that, 
of the characters I'm seeing on screen, how many of these characters are actually in this game? So, majority of the characters that we follow that live, yeah, are real care are characters from the game. Okay, so you have, of course, Silco and Vander. Uh, as far as we know, uh, Silco's not. Vander, there's theories that he, you know, we see him die in the end of this act, right? Yes. Supposedly. But you got to remember, the Shimmer does have regeneration effects. Yes. And we think, like, there's theories going around that he's going to be Warwick. He's okay. going to come back as Warwick, which is like part wolf. Then uh, you got Victor. He uh, He's he's a character. Jace. You got Caitlyn. Caitlyn's a main character. Yes. Uh, a character from the game. You have Vi and Jinx. Yes. You have uh, Echo. Echo, of course. Okay. He actually gets uh, one of the crystals, eventually the Hexcore. Okay. Uh, one of the souls, and he gets ability to reverse time. Oh, sweet. But you kind of see his ability go off and later on, but uh, yeah, we're not really sure if it was just special effects or whatever, but yeah, he, he can rewind time okay. with his powers. Uh, Heimerdinger's a character, and Singe, but she's kind of just a small part, which you see him blow up in the lab yeah he comes back and he's all messed up which is that's how his character is from the games a lot of the other big characters uh stilko the two boys clagger and milo aren't here again like where where you know the characters from the game there's probably less chance they're just going to kill off their characters early okay so you kind of get the idea of like okay these two kids are probably expandable yeah expendable you know expandable (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're probably expendable but then you have a uh, like Mel. She's not from, uh, and most of the council isn't actual characters from the game. Okay, like, these are a lot of side characters. All right, but yeah, from the actual game, there's probably only like a dozen or so characters that that we follow. So there's not really that many comparatively. There's a lot of room to expand. There's there's a lot of different uh, regions of the world, and um, and where, where you would think of okay, there's these weird alien races with these humans. Yes. That's just their world. So the the world, uh, it was created by gods. It's kind of like Tolkien. Okay. I'm where, with you. Where the gods sculpted the different races. Of course, there's a bunch of back lore and how it got created and stuff like that. And you got like Arya and Saul like created the world. And there's like these watchers that are trying to destroy it. And you got Void. Eventually, he brings a Void in. Yeah, it's, it's all convoluted and just really... A headache to go through. We'll just enjoy the show. <laughs> That's what I say. We'll, we'll get the lore as we go along. Hopefully, we can see different regions. It'll be interesting to see where they go if they're just going to keep continuing this and adding characters. Or maybe we get a next season, we'll just be okay. We'll go to Demacia because there are a few different regions. You got Demacia, which is probably one of the, the next areas that have the most depth of characters. You got the, the Freljord, which is Icelandic. Uh, you have Ionia and you have Noxus, which is Egyptian mythology. And then the other two regions built over and eventually we get the nation of Zon. Okay. Those are the, the six main regions. Well, overall, how'd you feel about these three episodes? I loved it. It's great. You got a story arc when you see these kids grow, the consequences of their actions. We delve right into this world and. These first three episodes are are awesome. Yeah. I I feel the same way. It it definitely shows you your actions do have serious consequences. I I really felt that. Everything 
felt like it was flowing fluidly. Nothing felt forced. Mm-hmm. None of these characters felt forced. None of these characters were dislikable. I understood Xander completely. Yeah. I, I want to keep the peace. I'm sick of war. Yep. We, we can't do this anymore, guys. I understand through the eyes of a child or an adolescent and being like, look, we can't keep bowing down. You're just being rebellious. Yeah. Yep. To these people. We can stand up and fight them. I understand Silco. I want our own independent nation. I don't want to be subservient to these people anymore. Yeah. I understand. I understand Jace's whole thing of wanting to skirt the law to help out humanity as a whole. And Victor wanting to push the bounds because he is from the Undercity. And he wants to bring something that will revitalize it and help the people. And I understand Heimendinger being like, I'm, I'm hundreds of years older than you guys. Mm-hmm. I've watched this destroy the world. Yeah. So there's no character in this this dislikable. I understand everybody's motivations completely. Well, we actually didn't get, uh, we didn't talk about Jason's backstory. The reason why mm-hmm. he wants to use this power is because when he was young, when he was a child, oh, yeah. him and his mother were caught in a blizzard. He was saved by mage and magic. Magic mm-hmm. saves him and his mother's life. They, he teleports him, which right. this character that you see is probably Rise in his human form. Rise eventually he becomes covered in arcade runes and his skin turns blue. Rise was a teleporter, so it doesn't say it doesn't show his face and stuff. It most likely is Rise, but yeah, he teleports him and yeah. saves their life, and that's where he gets this desire to. Because he wasn't born with the ability to use it. Yeah. And he you, can harness its power. You even noticed that his mom has... Her two fingers are missing, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Because I know she had those metal things yeah. right there where her fingers should be. Yeah. But I assumed that those were her steampunk fingers. I assumed mm-hmm. that Frostbite took her fingers. Maybe, yeah. It's Which, very detailed like that. Yeah, you, you see... Like, any time this yeah. goes off, static kind of rolls through. Yeah, that, that's his Dragon Force. And... um but, I, I know he doesn't say it in this set, but it's, it is something that he says later in the series. Like, we put hammers in the hands of the people, and they built this city. Yeah. If we could put magic in the hands of the people, imagine the, the possibilities or mm-hmm. something like that, right? So, I mean, I understand him. I understand his character completely. Yeah. I, I get it. I get these people. There, I feel like there's no terrible people in this. So we don't get a lot of Silco. Right. In this. And we get a lot more in the next two acts. Right. His character really is a lot more interesting. And even though he's just, right now, we just see him, oh, he's a bad guy in the Mm -hmm. first three episodes. Later on, he pretty much has to take up Xander's spot. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, like I said, man, this great fucking series so far. Great series. I can't gush over it enough. I can't wait for the the next next season. That's about all I got for now. Oh, we didn't talk about the voice actors. I mean, I don't really... I'm not into the voice acting scene, so I don't... I recognize the one chick from The Expanse. Yeah. For sure. But I don't really recognize any of these other people. There's actually a few notable voice actors. I mean, a lot of them have done other projects. So you have Jinx. I know she's voice acted by two different people. One younger, one older. Yeah. So yeah. the younger one is someone that does most of voice acting. But the, yeah. uh, once it becomes Jinx, she actually is Ella Purnell. Okay. Which isn't a big name, but she is something, something that we've done before. What's she in? She is Batista's daughter in Army of the Dead. Oh, my God. Seriously? Yep. 
Well, you know that Vi is Hawkeye. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Vi is Haley Stenfield, mm-hmm. which is, uh, and she's the young Hawkeye, the, the yeah. female Hawkeye. Of course, she was in Bumblebee and True Grit remake. Really? Yeah. The same girl. Holy True shit. Grit. Yep. Man, she grew up. She did. Yeah. She yeah. looks good too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Grayson is, this is a, a crazy name. It's a mouthful. Uh, it's okay. She's from the one of my favorite characters from The Expanse. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Sore Agdoshlo. Mm-hmm. Suella. Yeah, Suella. From The Expanse. From The Expanse. <laughs> and, of course, she's done a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then the only other real recognizable voice actor is uh, Caitlin, which is uh, Katie Long. Okay. And she was a little Asian girl from Harry Potter. Which I don't think you've seen that. No, but I didn't watch Harry Potter. She was Harry's first love interest. That's about that's about all we can do. This yeah. act one. We'll see you back in act two. Thanks for joining us at the Misfits Cinema Podcast. Make sure you hit us up in the comments below. Like and subscribe. And uh, check us out on the Twitters and the Facebooks. Bye. See you later, guys.